0: Maybe not food twice in one day, but you definitely had two cheeseburgers in one day. In
1: five minutes. I was going to say, in the
3: the, the span of a segment, you had two cheeseburgers. It was not my finest hour, only it was pretty darn good. I mean, you know. It went down in a hurry. Oof, man. I think coming back from a Dodger playoff game last year, I was in a very similar situation. I hadn't eaten in a long time. Same exit, same thing. I pulled into the line to get food. And a PSA came on this radio station. I was listening to our station and it was about diabetes. I'm like, diabetic. time to get out of line. <laughs> yeah, gotta yeah, go. And, and it worked. I yeah. go home, didn't work as well on Saturday night. We'll talk about the, what the Rams actually did. A little Stetson Bennett was a, you know what he did? Which I always, this is the goal in preseason if you are a, what's the word in football? If baseball would be a prospect. What I don't know if it's a football draft pick, I sure, guess. Sure, yeah. Um, made me go, huh. In a good way, and and that's what Bennett did. But let's talk about winning time. Uh, was there two. heavy petting? Please, I just I just went in dude. to we just cleared <laughs> our office. mind of this. Yeah. I literally just went and stuck my head in there. I'm like, dude, I can't believe you said that. He's like, I thought it was funny. I'm like, well, kind of, but it was also much grosser <laughs> than it was funny. There was very, there heavy petting.
1: Very middle school chaperone telling people what they are not allowed to do with the dance kind of vibes. Yeah, none yeah. of that, right?
0: Affectionate. But every-
3: yeah amorous
1: heavy petting what yeah a weird thing to say dude
3: it's like dude. <laughs> something your grandmother would say. exactly that's what yeah. i'm saying like it's that's like, what was so strange on. about it i was like "What, uh, greg no heavy petting something you know, expect somebody
1: named estelle to say or like you know <laughs> dot, there, was there right. heavy petting <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> dot Doris.
1: the enunciation on that too like what
0: did he want me to say to that too he was really <laughs> yes? i mean he was really <laughs> like,
1: sticking
3: the landing on that you know
0: that <laughs> it's my friend i'm not looking at that
3: heavy right. petting you guys are the right i i can't even tell you um When was the last time you went out with somebody who you didn't like, not like your longtime partner or girlfriend, boyfriend or whatever, wife, husband, but somebody who you were still getting to know and ended up at a place where other people you know are there and can observe you. That's always a super awkward dynamic. Yeah,
1: that I'm trying to think that mm, the last time that happened, I was kind of seeing this girl and I went to a bar that I go to somewhat regularly. And so like they knew who I was and like, I mean, These were my friends, these guys who work security or whatever. But, like, she didn't know them. And so I was like, yeah, some of these guys are my boys, blah, blah, blah. She proceeded to get so hammered that, like, I had to carry this person back – to my place, which I did not even sleep in the bed with this person. I was like, there, was there
2: heavy petting? <laughs>
1: exactly. I was like, absolutely not.
3: Woke up on the couch, and when they woke up, I was like, you got to go. That and would be saying, awkward, right, Em? Where if you went out on a date with somebody, and Jorge and I were having lunch in the same. That spot, would be weird. Uh, yes, it would be super weird. Yes.
0: Yeah, I I think I've had this happen to me at like dinner one time. So like my I went to like it was back when I lived in Connecticut, and I was on a date with someone, and like then we were. Like having the date, and then my friends were at the same bar, just happening at the same bar. They kept on looking over at me. It was awkward. I've also had some times where I've like, gone to, on a date, and then my ex is there too, and that's also always weird. Has gotten in those situations. So it's always awkward.
3: Being the person that's observing, though, is kind of fun. Oh, you yeah. You can that's, ratchet up the awkwardness as much 100%. or as little as you want. I mean, and just in Go general, send them that's
0: some <laughs> cookies or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's like, peak, Pull up a chair at the table. Like,
1: real life, you know, real life TV show happening in front of your face kind of thing. It's great. I would mm-hmm. love to, I would love to I run into one of my friends on a date. That I, I would be would, fantastic.
3: I, mind if I join you? Yeah. That, that bit. Where else are you guys going? How is it going well?
1: There, was there Tony, heavy petting?
3: Mr. Tony sends over a bottle kind of situation. <laughs> it is the Waba Grill lunch hour on 710 ESPN. Thanks to our friends at Waba Grill, you've got to try Waba Grill's new Asian inspired boom boom taco trios with your choice of chicken, ribeye steak, or shrimp. Visit your local Waba Grill location or order online for pickup and delivery at wabagrill.com. Waba Grill, eat smart, be healthy. I'm laughing because.
1: Mailman Matt just tweeted us and said, "On the highest of top floor elevator stops, I've had the same pizza place delivered not once, not twice, but thrice in a single day." That's funny. whoa. Yeah, that's that's a that's a move,
3: but inexpensive. Anyway. Yeah, Ex- and re- at some point we need a little variety. Yeah. I understand <laughs> we're on the top floor, Get different types <laughs> of pizza. Maybe yeah, <laughs> yeah. You get Switch pepperoni yeah. one one, a
1: veggie get on wings. The next. get some wings. Yeah. Um, you mentioned though winning time, and you said you said you are back, mm-hmm. and this is interesting because. I felt the first episode started off with enough of a bang that I was back anyway. You didn't like the first episode. I didn't. I thought this episode was far slower and you covered far less ground, which is understandable. It's a one episode in a larger thing. It's not a premiere, which is also basically two episodes. What did you like about last night's um, show? It was story driven.
3: It it was about the relationship between Magic Johnson and his teammates. It was about the way that Magic and Norm Nixon and the coaching staff all were kind of manipulating one another to their own benefit. I Mm -hmm. like the – Interpersonal dynamics of that team. Um, there was only one. That's what I was going to ask you during. The I was going to say
1: the knee talked. There, there was only spoke from the crash can.
3: What well, well, was just one right where Chick turned to the camera and said, "Now we got to we got to blank and score." Was well,
1: that- I mean, the whole opening intro was guys doing direct address with the yellow background, like talking about what their place was and the thing. Like there was a good forty-five seconds of that with each character like doing it 10 seconds at a time it wasn't
3: breaking the fourth wall it there, was didn't it? break the it fourth was more, wall it was necessarily like in scene but like yeah. yeah it was there yeah that i don't love the fourth wall stuff and yeah. There was very little of it there um i loved the scene on the airplane i don't want to spoil it because i thought that no. was kind of a good way to end that and you can see the train coming down the tracks absolutely there, there's a lot in was there that? that's setting up the stuff that's going to be the payoff
0: was that one interaction between a player and the reporter real did that happen
3: I bet that the kernel of it is real yeah there's probably a quote that was said that was on the record that accelerated what we all know happens which is ultimately Norm Nixon getting traded to the Clippers
1: right well what's interesting about that too is that I felt like they're doing a good job of portraying how very different the relationship with the media and players was then meaning he runs into him in the hallway by himself Mm -hmm. and sort of Awkwardly says, oh, that's on record. And he's just like, yeah, whatever. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? That would never happen today. No. Not in that way. Not at all. And also the idea of, hello, journalists who have enough clout to ruin people flying on team planes with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, those days are totally over in terms of how that actually goes down. Now, don't get me wrong. Teams have in-house journalists these days who do great jobs. It's just a different nature. It's of different the dynamic. It's a different dynamic of the business. But I
3: think they do a good job of portraying that on this show. How
0: did you like the chick stuff? And there's a lot more Chick this episode. Yeah, the The guy
3: that plays Chick, I I should know his name. I don't off the top of my head. The actor that plays Chick, I think, does a really good job. I I have a feeling that the Chick character is uh, um, embellished the way that the Jerry West character is embellished, probably turned up to a degree that is...
0: Spencer Garrett.
3: Yeah, I I like the character. I find when when he's he's on screen, I'm watching. I I find him to be very watchable. I think the part of this portion of the story arc that I really liked. That, uh-huh. And again, I'm old enough to have remembered winning time and our show time and what it was. Yeah. But what I had forgotten, because we've had basically 40 years on top of it at this point, There was a moment in time where Magic was not the most popular person in the room. There was a moment in time where Magic was looked at as maybe a little bit of a phony, a little bit duplicitous, that his teammates are kind of looking at him like, really, dude, that him and Magic, or excuse me, Kareem, kind of knocked heads a long way. And the development of Magic from young, impulsive, maybe not the greatest this, that, or the next thing, brash, to... Magic Johnson I love that story that we're getting getting told well oh, right this
1: now. is why I thought that this season was going to be better right out of the gate because you realize oh this is again this is the juicier cut of the steak yeah. when it comes to what we're doing overall with this product that is the Lakers Showtime in general and I'm loving it I thought this episode was a little slow but that's only because I felt like the first one got out to such a bang but yeah I I
0: I want more Celtic stuff. I want there so of to off the last episode no, with the Celtics This Celtic is, stuff. and
1: also, like, I wouldn't mind something that isn't also only rooted in the notion of the Lakers side of things. Like, if this gets into a world in which, like, let's just say there's a whole episode that has no Lakers in it, you know what I'm saying? I would not hate can that. Can you do that in winning time? Yeah, no, I think you can. I mean, I would watch an episode of the Celtics. You know what I mean? Like, or, or what Maybe have just you. Purely or just purely for story say, purposes? Yeah, yeah like the exactly. a Bird yeah. episode. Yeah, a bird, or just something that shows you something about the Lakers from people, from a perspective of people that are not them you know what I mean because I think that would be very listen I realize that this isn't designed to be a documentary but it would be quite informative because you know again there were other people that saw this and watched this and were a part of it that were not just humans in Los Angeles it'll be interesting to see how far they go with that in order to sort of Make a difference with the other characters because you can't just pop Larry Bird in and out. That doesn't make sense.
0: Also, was that a result in that one game? Is that dramatic effect that you know fifteen seconds? So I looked this
1: up. They lost that game by three points, and it was back when the first round of the NBA playoffs was three games. Just three. Yeah, and that then evolved to five. Now it's seven, but like. Yeah, they lost that game by what was a bucket. And I yeah. don't know what happened at the end of the game, but I,
0: that one was one where that I looked it up. felt very dramatic effecty though. Yeah. Like, you know, of course, there's only, like, 15 seconds left. You get I knew it, they the lost the magic.
3: series. I didn't know if they lost it on Magic shooting an air ball. I went back and looked
1: it up, and that was back when I, I realized this was long enough ago. Kansas City still had a team in the league. Yeah, yes. before they went to Sacramento. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is pre-Sac Town. It's, it's got to be a different
3: ride, too, for somebody who has not, lived through it and yeah. not watched it because we know that the Lakers win five titles in the 1980s. Sure. Right. That, that that's kind of kind of common knowledge, but the order in which they fall may not be, you know, like John would know them off the top of my head. I think yeah, I could I, get I most of them. No. You don't like, is this the one that they win? Is this the one that they lose? They beat the Celtics here. Do they lose the Celtics here? But where we are in the story right now is we're just about to get James worthy. We're just about to get Byron Scott. The, right the, Spoiler. the, the, the show <laughs> you right the showtime as i remember it now they won a title in 1980 with magic and those guys yeah but the showtime lakers pat riley byron scott james worthy and of course kareem and magic we're just about getting that group of players. And that to me is the sweet spot.
1: Well, Showtime, they, they've alluded to it nicely. They said, you got to find a better name for this system.
3: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they haven't actually done it. But the name I, of the system is The System. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, a that good was line. one of the funniest lines and, ever. It's single good. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> like, the, the way that that was delivered was really, really well done. That was good. But
1: um, the thing about it was, and the reason why I was thinking so much about the Celtics is because when I looked up that season, M, the Celtics won that year. You know what I mean, and they beat the Rockets in the finals. So the Lakers and lost to the eventual. would be
0: interesting to see too? It's especially yes. not just that they lost, and you see that the Lakers lose, but that their arch nemesis wins. Yeah, you know? like or was they not arch nemesis at that point?
3: I want to say in the 1980s, starting in '80 80 through '89, the Lakers or the Celtics won eight of those nine of those ten titles. Yeah. And Philly had one, and I, maybe the Lakers and Celtics got nine of them. Cause the, yeah, no, five and three. Rockets had – not the Rockets. Philly had one. There's another random one in there. Maybe it's sure. the Pistons at the end. And it, it might have nine. been – yeah, that would yeah, have been it. Yeah. yeah, so the Pistons got one at the end. They, it was one or the other virtually every year. Right. And the team that beat you was also in the finals, right? So, Philly beat the Lakers. Mm-hmm. The Pistons beat the Lakers. Or, no, they beat the uh, – who did they beat? No, oh, the Pistons Portland. beat Portland, Portland. yeah. That it, it, it just one of those two teams was in it every single year. I, I, I'm i all in. I that first episode, you and I, it's funny, it's, it's weird, whatever. David We've different. gotten to the same place, yeah. you know we're what I mean?
1: Which is, which is which is where we're, we're looking forward and to. And I it.
0: and I also kind of like how you know you see how the character of Paul Westhead and like that the person of Paul Westhead could get like the egos get in the way of success. You know, who knows what would happen if whatever if the trade happened, if they did that at that time. I liked kind of. Seeing that perspective and of David inside Thompson, the David Thompson had he
3: become a Laker, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. What That's happens? Cool to it there, right? Look, the universe happens for a reason. All it's this not thing, a simulation. For, for, exactly. for one reason or another, we get to where we're supposed to go. Rams played their first preseason game of the year. Some good, some not so good. Next, it's Travis Slee. Yates is in for Slee on seven ten ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when
1: you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any.
2: Must be 21 plus and present in present select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
3: It's official. It's the Pistons in 1989. So we got there. I knew that there was a there was a second one in there somewhere. The um, that Isaiah. was the one I knew. Yeah, that, that was that was my sort of. Earliest
1: recollection of not just watching basketball, but like knowing who the players were. The other one was Philly, the Dr. J dunking it
3: on Michael Cooper's head. The he Rocker Baby, <laughs> yeah, Rocker Baby, one yeah. of the best
1: dunks in-game dunks in the history of he he kind of gets. Basketball. I don't want
3: to say lost, but of the great players of the '70s and '80s, Dr. Because it was Magic and Bird and Jordan, and then the league just exploded after that. Like, Bird was just a little bit early for that thing. And even when he was still really good, Magic and Bird were winning everything.
1: Th- you talking about Dr. J? Yeah. I think there's a little bit of a regional regional element there. Like, Dr. J like is my dad's favorite player of all time, mm. not close. And most of his friends are kind of the same way. If you were on the East Coast, Dr. J is a dude because of his time in the ABA and obviously where he was name, from, by the way. I mean, yeah, the doctor is the doctor. <laughs> Dr. J. He Jits was in the first season pretty... of winning time, too. He yes, was, yeah. yeah. He was
0: a
3: pretty good role, too. Yeah. 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 No, Dr. J. Plus, he had the look, he had the mustache. Like, he just I made mean, it. everything about JaVale
1: that mom on the mouth in front of her face during a dunk contest for god's sakes like that was an incredible move of all He's people dr j man
3: all right so you did not make it to sofi i on did not saturday night. no it wasn't
1: feeling up to it had a bunch of other stuff going on that weekend but they did play Allegedly, not on my television. But how did your boy Stetson look? I know you were concerned they did about play. his composure I, uh, I can, and
3: makeup. I can um, testify that okay. they did in fact play. If you are a DirecTV customer like myself, you're able to see it, no problem. Excellent. Um, and I heard JB's call, so the game was okay. the game was played for sure. <laughs> um, Stetson Bennett might be good. Okay, And I think that's the best thing you can say about a rookie player, especially a rookie quarterback, after three quarters of football that's played at about 60% of what an actual NFL game is He's like. got the
1: kind of energy of a player that I don't necessarily know that I know that well, but I can name him Matt Moore like he'll be around the league for a while like good enough to be a backup if you need somebody to start in a situation maybe he can do it but like is not ever really going to be competing for a starting job but I'm really only naming Matt Moore because that's the first guy that came to mind he
0: wasn't scared though that's that's what I'm saying
1: and that that, that's that's the energy I've always gotten out of Stetson Ben is yeah I'll be in the league you know what I'm saying check me out there were two
3: things I really liked about it one of which is what you're talking about there was this I belong here and I I might be inexperienced but it's not I'm going to figure this out, sure. right? That I will be okay in this. That look, I'll, I'll go back to the last time the Rams threw a rookie quarterback in that situation when Jared Goffer started playing. The vibe in the is the Coliseum. The vibe was, um, what the hell is going on out there? <laughs> it was, it was a oh, my gosh, did they pick a guy that can't play right. at all? Turn in the, it was it was, it was a he was a fire fight. He was lost in the sauce. It was terrible, and it was a uh-oh. And then when you finally got him in, in about halfway through that season, they put him out there, you're like, this dude can't play. He was confused, and the thing he did, which brings me to the second thing that I really like about Stetson Bennett, when Jared Goff and that rookie seed kept making the same mistake over and over and over and over again. Stetson Bennett nearly threw two interceptions on his first three passes. Oh, wow. Okay, They were were bad decisions. They were bad throws. Didn't look good. But shortly after that, it got a lot better really quickly. They had to delay a game penalty down towards the goal line. They were first to go from, like, the six or whatever it Mm -hmm. is. They got a delay. That's on the coach and the quarterback. Those are the two people that that penalty is on. Not at all surprising considering that he's a young guy. Certainly. So now they're backed up. They're outside of the the 10-yard line. He immediately hits Puka Nakua with the touchdown pass. Oh. So these moments of, hey, dude, it's, it took a couple of bad sacks. You're like, can't do that but the plays after the bad plays were almost always better plays. That's good. That is a really good indicator of somebody that's learning pretty quickly. I love the I belong here attitude. I don't know if he's big enough and strong enough to survive if he takes a couple of shots, but I want to see more, and and I think that's what you're looking for in a situation like that. Steve Avila – Avila, excuse me – comes in and – Looks like an NFL player from the first snap. You're like, oh. and you could, you know, who else thought so? Sean McVay, Mm. because after quarter, like, get him off the field. Right, (laughs) gotta go. Put put him over there. We're not going to do that anymore. But Bennett was, yeah. Show me more. Okay. You looked at Brett Ripon, who started the game for the Rams. It's like that that doesn't look great wow Stetson Bennett looked like a guy that you want to see more not anointing him as the next Dan Marino wow. but it was yeah show no, me more this, right and this is why I brought up the SEC element mm-hmm.
1: this is something that typically you get out of guys that have played a fair amount in conferences where the competition and the space is that big you know what I mean you're not play, there are no small time games when you're at an SEC school you know so these moments don't Get outside of you in terms of what you're able to do and get back to who you've been. So that doesn't surprise me, but I'm glad to hear it.
0: Do you think he's going to play majority of the rest of the preseason? Because I think that they'll give him a lot of playing time because this is going to be all the playing time he has all year. Well, and it's only going to be better if you. See I think him you're, 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 you're asking, asking exactly
3: the right question. It's exactly the right because here, here's the rub: if he's really going to be your second string quarterback, you probably don't play him, right? Because, because of it, Stafford's age, in terms of what what he's dealing with, you don't have to but squint too hard. To work it out stuff. It, it's that yin and yang. This is right? a real yeah. This it's, is this is what you get it paid is to a coach for. Tough yeah. decision because you don't have to squint to to find the path where Matthew Stafford misses some games. I mean, you just Not saw it last all. year, right? right? You got an offensive line that still has a bunch of question marks. You your backup quarterback will likely play at some point. Mm. What's more important to get him. Quasi NFL reps, which and they're not scheming. They're not they're, the coverages no. are very base. You're not and very playing vanilla. against air, but you're playing you, against you, you know. You're
0: playing against NFL caliber speed. You, you are players you're, in terms of size and in terms of ability in some way.
3: Sort of. You're playing against a lot of other twos and threes. You're playing a base vanilla. You're, it's not. That's why I said this is it's like sixty percent yeah. of an NFL game. You can get hit. You can get killed. Like you can get right. smoked. That's real. But you balance that, and I think we're going to have a really good idea of whether or not he is cemented as that number two guy or not, based on how much he plays. Well, puts. let me ask you this question: Now that we're getting after it, then okay,
1: if you pick him, and I, I'm not necessarily sure that I'm of the belief that picking guys to be your backups is the best way to get a backup in terms of first year dudes. Do you think that there has been, I'm not going to say negligence, but like if the if the backup situation is that dicey behind Stafford. Is there a situation where you might need another person? Like you might actually need a guy, or are the expectations on this season so low that that's not
3: really of the concern? I think it's the second thing. Okay, I I, I think it's the second thing because look, it's the preseason. I, I I'm not going to qualify too much. I think everybody knows the. What no, I'm yeah, at. The, the performance but is not even the issue. The, the roster construction is what I'm asking about. That that's why I think when you look at what you saw on Saturday night and they played a bunch of their guys, sure, this was a very. Non Sean McVay preseason game. They played a lot of the a lot of guys that are going to be starting for this team played on Saturday night. Okay, they they got their work cut out for them. Let's just they 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 have an uphill climb. Doesn't mean they can't do it, but the level of talent on that team is not where it's been under Sean McVay for most of this time. So yeah, I, I I think that you make that pick thinking he may play and. I don't know if they drafted him necessarily to be the backup. Right. I think they drafted him knowing he can be the backup – and maybe we got to steal in the fourth round with a quarterback who can be a starter in this league.
1: Okay, because if Stafford is really looked at as that fragile or at least potentially, it's sort of is an indication on where you think your ceiling is if that if you're going with a rookie as your potential backup. And that's not a knock on anything. It's just, you know, the way teams build themselves that are successful in many times. Cuz this is my thing about backup quarterbacks and I say this all the time in general about quarterbacks. I'm of the opinion that it is the worst coach position in the league. Backup quarterback? No, quarterback, quarterback? in general. Okay. And so the way people handle how their quarterbacks are running is a pretty good indication of how good. What makes you say that over the last 15 years in the NFL the way that teams have tried to go about making that position the maximum position I think has been very foolhardy in one regard. There's a lot of people that come in that are considered to be one thing and when they're not they're done with The idea of developing a dude is very rare these days in NFL football for most coaches. Some people do it pretty well. The Chiefs are an example of that with Patrick Mahomes. They had a skill guy who turned into a larger skill guy and game manager guy. But the number of teams that have just picked a guy, rolled him out there, and said, all right, if you can't put it together, then you're not our guy because we need to have a pillar of the franchise is way too high for the relative level of success that's existed in the
3: NFL. I think there's two things. Yeah, I think there's two things. Number one is what you're saying, which is, don't ask a guy to do A if he does B, right? <laughs> they, do not ask Lamar Jackson to play like Joe Montana. Right. Do not ask Joe Montana to play like Lamar Jackson. Know what you're picking and then ask him to do the thing that you're picking. I don't think that always happens. I think that's kind of what you were getting Yeah, at, and, right? and
1: guys just they're, – they're, they're assuming that you – how do I say this? The quarterback does not always have to be the best player on your offense. It helps, but the goal is to get there, not to yeah. necessarily assume that if he isn't already there, then you've got to get somebody
3: else. 49ers are a good example of where you're talking about Correct. Here, here's the other part. There are maybe 12 guys on earth that are good at this. Exactly. That That's yeah. the other part. <laughs> yeah. They, they move on because once you know it doesn't work – Try another one. I guess. Because there are maybe, if we're being generous, 15 guys that are legitimately good at that job. There are 32 teams in the NFL. No, you're right. And so when they move on, I don't think it's so much a, uh, eh, you know, we didn't use them right. It's a, I know what this looks like, and he doesn't have it. Yeah, but I mean, how
1: many guys are you going to go through before you don't know what you're doing at all? And that's where sometimes Perhaps, I sort of feel I, like. I kind of
3: look at it a little differently. My whole thing is I would take one every year in the draft. And okay. The, if, you and have, the- if you have Josh Allen. That's why I'm, to do I'm it. willing to accept that if you're going to do that
1: on the other end. But most teams find themselves in the middle, and I feel like a lot of young guys get blamed for things where I'm just like, dude, th- this was not a success situation in which you had any remote potential for success. Like your team was bad, your offensive yep. line was bad, and your coaches expected you to do everything. Like that was that never happens.
3: There like, are some guys, though, that the second you see you're like, uh, I don't love that. Again, th- it, it happens a lot. And if once you know, Let's move on.
1: But, yeah, I totally agree. But that's what I'm saying. The coach's job is to make sure the guys can potentially get better and make, you know, so we'll see.
3: Dave Roberts says that this team has something that none of the other teams he's ever had has. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.
2: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition.
3: With that in mind, is Trav eating two In-N-Out cheeseburgers at 1 a.m., followed by a giant burrito the next day, like the time Shohei pitched a complete game and then <laughs> hit two home runs in the second half of a doubleheader? <laughs> Hashtag ask big CY. Pretty much, yeah. I'm guessing so. I mean, you know, especially now that he's,
1: you know, Later with arm fatigue, you know, he can't play, but he can still hit. That's like you on Sunday. That, you know. that
3: was the most Otani thing ever. Like, you see the the slug on, on your phone that's, you know, Otani's to miss a start with arm fatigue, which, by the way, is not a huge deal. It happened. Yeah. A lot of guys it's, miss yeah. a turn. It's, it is what it is. It's just they're hanging on by their fingernails, and without him, their fingernails just arm tore off. Totally gone. Yeah. But he turns around that very same night and pops one 440 feet. To to beat a good Astros team in a game that, you know, they're pretty much dead in the water anyway, but they lose that one. It's all but officially done, and he found a way to win it. And that's why I'm so excited. I want him to be a Dodger. I'm optimistic that he will be a Dodger. But whoever gets him, even if he struggles on the mound, you're still going to have a guy that's going to hit 45 or 50 homers. Yeah. Even if he goes – Quiet with his bat for an extended period of time. You've still got an ace caliber pitcher walking out there every fifth or sixth day. Very true. You know it'll be interesting to see
1: also if other teams are willing to manage his time the same way that this team is. You know what I'm saying? In terms of wouldn't like, you
3: make every concession possible? I think you
1: would, but at the same time, if it turns into a situation where maybe it's the other way around, or it says maybe I don't want to pitch as much. You know what I'm saying? Or what have you? You know, I I do think that the Angels conceded something that. It's, it's no longer the same issue because at the time there was no DH. You know what I mean? Now that if you're a national league team, it's just, it's just, it's kind of a slightly different calculus to see what his interests are at this point.
3: I got a question for you on that. Yeah. But let me, before we do that, let me tell you that it's the Waba Grill lunch hour here on 710 ESPN. Thanks to our friend at Waba Grill, you got to try Waba Grill's new Asian inspired. Boom, boom, taco trios with your choice of chicken, ribeye steak, or shrimp. Visit your local Wabba Grill location or order online for pickup and delivery at Wabagrill.com. Wabba Grill, eat smart, be healthy. One of the things that with Otani, the Angels basically have a almost completely and totally hands-off approach. Right. They let him do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. And that's with when he pitches, when he doesn't. When he throws on the side, when he doesn't. When, when his media response. Like, they basically are, whatever you want, you go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. The five or six teams that have a legitimate chance of acquiring him this offseason, do they do it exactly the same? Or Because, look, maybe a team like the Dodgers, a team like the Atlanta Braves, these teams that have a system that, look, our-ish works, man. Right. Our program works. It's not only going to work for you. It's going to be even more impactful because of the talent you have. Or do you just say to get him in there and to – look, he's had a ridiculous amount of success regardless. Do you just let him be on the Shohei program and everyone else is on the team program? This is why I think this idea that he's just walking into Chavez Ravine
1: is not as high on the list as a lot of people do. Because, number one, it might be that you have to let him do what he wants to do in order to be even in that top five Mm -hmm. or six teams. And so – who knows? That's, that, to me, is the – like, all these people who want to pontificate about winning cultures and you say a lot, you've got to be in it to have a chance to win it. That's all great. But if some guy's got to go to what he considers to be a Marine barracks type of operation, <laughs> he's not doing it. You know
3: what I'm saying? Which I don't, the Dodgers are widely looked at as. Again,
1: you know, and that's where I'm just sort of like that part to me is, is he going to be – will your franchise let him be who he wants to be is a much more important question to me in the ability to get him than does it give him a chance to win another or to win an MLB championship. I genuinely believe that.
3: The Dodgers are a very smart organization, whether it's analytics, whether it's player acquisition, whether it's development, whatever it is, they Mm -hmm. they seem to be ahead of the curve of most teams. I would be shocked if they let their well, this is the way we do it, get in the way of really? getting the most unique talent that we've ever seen. Okay, so I you would. think they're willing I to would. make an exception I, I think that, for Showhead. that It's one of these, look, you don't have to do it our way if you can do what Shohei does. Okay. And maybe if the whole thing starts to regress? Yeah. And and he he, instead of being a number one level starter, it's like, hey, you know, he's kind of hit and miss. He's looking like just a guy. If he goes from being a 50 home run guy to a 25 home run Mm -hmm. guy, then maybe you start to say, hey, listen, can we at least talk about your approach? But until it goes bad i'm not touching
1: that i mean i tend to agree but you know sometimes egos and pride get in the way of these kinds of things and it can become difficult you know what i'm saying if he walks in there and says hey i'm doing this that and the third and they go hey buddy we're the
3: los angeles dodgers we'll negotiate it and he says okay never mind i think you can say that to ahmed rosario i think you can say that to kike hernandez
1: okay that's a lot of faith. I mean, I, I just, I'm just saying, like, it's that. Do you think they push back? I don't know, but that is the question to me. Like, I think this question about potential championships is further away from the top of the priority list than what's it going to be like to play here every day, bro. I'm Shohei Otani.
3: What are you providing on that front? I think you'd have to be. Very foolish so to not foolish be is consent. the perfect word. Yeah. To, it would be so foolish to think that you know how to do what he's been doing his whole life better than he does. I mean, let yeah. him do it. If it breaks, have the conversation. Sure. But until it breaks, I'm gonna. I'm with you. I'm gonna that. let it roll. Uh, Dave Roberts said that this is the favorite team he's ever had. About the grit and the grind, and everybody's willing to do whatever they're asked to do, play different positions, assume different roles. He didn't say that on accident. That was not something that he just said in the heat of the moment talking to some reporters. That was with purpose, and I think that the purpose is take some of the pressure off of this team that has been on its shoulders for the better part of a decade.
1: And it's a very interesting situation to be in for Dave because Dave's job will never really be in question. In terms of... I agree with you. In terms of certain elements of it. If but his
3: job were in question, he wouldn't be here anymore.
1: Th- but this is what I'm saying. It's it's an awkward in-between where if the front office is going to ostensibly say, well, it's win or bust every year, but at the same time, the front office is controlling so many things that happen from a managerial standpoint, allegedly or not, but then it's at the same time he's not winning that many World Series. It's like, what, what? which one of these is true? Because... Two of the three of these things are, in fact, contradictory in terms of how your operational I, method goes.
3: I'm so happy I'm <laughs> you know, talking to someone else who gets this. Like, Thank it's weird. goodness you know, like, that there's someone else that's seeing this the way that – because here's the – well, he's – guys, if, they, if the front office really thought that he was shooting a hole in the boat every postseason, <laughs> do you really think he'd still be there or the opposite of – Guys, I think he's out there to take responsibility for it, even if it's not entirely his responsibility. Does that not make a whole hell of a lot more sense of why he's still here? Because they've been maybe not the best team, but one of the best teams for 10 years in a row. They got one World Series.
1: And that's the kind of stuff that goes into play when, hello, People looking to join your team are wondering how your chain of command goes. If the reason he goes, let's just say Shohei likes Dave a lot, let's just say there's a connection culturally because Dave is obviously half Japanese or whatever it may be. If it turns out that he finds out that in fact Dave doesn't run the team, you know what I'm saying, or whatever, like it's, it's, it's the the conundrum of how the the top of the the top of the chain of command works for the Dodgers is fascinating to me. It's almost more interesting than anything that happens and on the field. And it's
3: impossible to get a straight answer. Yeah,
1: that's why it's yeah. so fascinating because it's yeah. like, oh, okay, like, all right, I, I guess this is acceptable, but at the same time, your standards are indicated as something else. Very
3: difficult to understand. It's my favorite topic with this team <laughs> yeah. because it, it's – I've talked to a lot of different people, some people who are guessing and some people who I believe know what they're talking about. And it's somewhere between – All of these are collaborative decisions to, no, dude's just doing what he's been asked to do. Yeah. I tend to think it's more towards the second one than the first one, but there's no other explanation that it's not at least a collaboration or he wouldn't be here anymore. Right. And that's... That's the thing and so
1: all of these things come into play when I'm talking about free agents in general not just in terms of superstars because I feel that you know there's certain teams that work better certain ways and some guys can flow into that system and some guys don't like that you know it's just different.
3: So I said this at the end of last season when they got beat by the Padres in four games. Super fun season okay it was just like <laughs> you gotta be kidding me we just went the most ever Dodger history went 111 games and poof it's, it's, it's over before we really even yeah. got started and I remember at the time saying, you know, until we get to October, there's really nothing to get super worked up about because this team is going to be measured based on whether they succeed in the postseason or not. I still feel that that's mostly true because the Dodgers could win the division again. If they go in and lose to the San Francisco Giants or the Marlins or the Cubs or whoever they run into, to, and if they lose to the Braves, ultimately I think Dodger fans can – deal with it perhaps but anything short of that i think is we're right back where we started the expectations feel better because maybe they didn't think you're going to run away with the division but the fact of the matter is they did they yeah, are they are and and, yeah. and and it's it's going to be a miracle if somebody catches them at this point and we're kind of right back to where it ended again like all See, right we went through the preliminaries now it's time to show me the part that actually matters very interesting existential situation
1: for what the dodgers and dodgers fans are dealing with right now for sure for sure would not want to be in that position to be quite honest, as far as decision-making and in general, like I do wonder what it's going to take for a guy like Davis to be looked at as on the hot seat. What happened. I mean,
3: because do, do, they if don't it strike me. Do they, they if it didn't happen
1: last year. Right.
3: Like, right. You know, when, when is it going to happen? And, and it hasn't happened in other years where there was stuff like, what the hell is going on down there? And it hasn't happened. Right. If, if, and they, they've they never struck me either as a team that does the, you know what, we just got to change it to change it. Which, by the way, I don't – sometimes don't you do. I don't hate. Yeah. Sometimes it's just – Pat, the- Pat Riley, I think, said it after he'd been – won the all the titles with the Lakers. He said, you know, even after about 10 years, it's just time to move on. Right. That the message gets stale. And he was there. He went to the Knicks. Did what he did with the Knicks. He went to the Heat. Then he moved them to the front office that at some point – the same message from the same guys. Pete Carroll has talked about this Very before. True. You got to change the message or the messenger. They they get clipped again. Who knows? We'll see. I mean, this is this is a critical off
1: season. Excuse me, postseason for the upcoming Dodgers off season in more ways than one. Also, if you fire your manager, are you going to get a guy who's that big of a deal with a new manager? You know what I mean? Like there's there's
3: let him manage. I, I mean yeah, like, <laughs> Why not? He's a, gonna pitch opening day, he'll hit a couple of home runs and he'll walk out to make pitching changes the other four days of the week. Right. Why not? Yeah. I mean it's, it's what else is he need It's to really do?
1: something. This guy uh and sell the beers, park Anthony the cars. Cohen, he says, he's brought this up as well before. What if Atlanta only wants his <laughs> pitching or the Dodgers don't need his bad? I think that's a little bit unrealistic unrealistic, but the teams offer him less than what he's valued at then he or, won't go there. Or, again, but like yeah. if these are good teams that you know what i'm saying feel one thing or the other
3: again as an intellectual exercise that's interesting but in reality is there any team in baseball that doesn't want both of the things that he does well
1: not necessarily but again the egos of some of these guys are very very up there this is going to be more interesting than people give it credit for
3: well you're you are the first guess or you're in the day that the dodgers sign him and i can look at you and go man that's fine (laughs) i mean
1: it's just a question of whether or not that's going to be what you know
3: How that goes, And if not, I'm taking that day off because I know you're going to come in (laughs) looking for me. The dump's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. All right, here we go. Prime Video is announcing a green light order for Kelsey, a documentary that follows Eagles All-Pro center Jason Kelsey through the upcoming NFL season and last season, the doc which premieres September 12th on Prime Video, is produced by 914 Pictures and NFL Films. Jason Kelsey? I know he's colorful. I know he's got some, uh, you know, personality. Nice he guy. and his brother are good, but we're going to follow a center? You
1: know, I Cal's. think that there we
3: got to assume
1: that there's a market for this of people that enjoy this kind of content. That's not a knock, but I, I've got to assume that there's a lot of people probably who just kind of like watching big dudes live regular lives kind of deal. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that we're going to find any – this is going to lean far closer to something you would see on, say – I don't know home and garden television than say <laughs> fx you know what i mean like I, I don't think people are watching this for any sort of stunt you know, effect, They just want to see a nice guy live with his family. That's kind of where I. But
3: he's this kind going. of a wild card, right? He's, I mean, he's colorful. He's, he says some things. He'll mix it up a little bit, I guess. But, but like, but-
0: what are we going to learn from that that we didn't lo- don't learn if you want to listen to their podcast? I don't know. That's the whole thing for me. It's like, I don't know if like this is like super necessary. Because again, if you're a, a Kelsey fan, listen to the podcast.
3: You know who's know. a good yeah. I, this is not for me. You know who's a good subject of a documentary? Quarterbacks. And guys like Antonio Brown, sure. Guys like Terrell Owens, sure. Guys that are
0: or a quirky coach, or they're,
3: they're yeah, fat, that's, you, that's a good call. I, I don't know what's coming next, right? That when right. when you don't know what that person is going to do, I'm in. But some I, people I like
0: stable
1: television, you know, yeah. where they have a good idea of what they're going to get and it's
3: just miss me with that one. Catching Kelsey, yeah. <laughs> Here's James Harden in China talking about his relationship with Daryl
2: Morey. Daryl Morey is a liar. And I will of Let me say that again. is a liar, and I will never of organization he's part of. An that he's a part of okay,
3: so it's a little hard to hear, but he calls him a liar and says I will never work with him again two times in 13 seconds.
1: He said this at an Adidas tour event in China, which happened while most of us were sleeping. I happened to be awake because I was watching. I saw the time. tweets go I off. I saw I'm the like, tweets ooh. go off, and I was like, opa, okay. Look, this is... I would like to say that this is a garden variety NBA beef because it kind of is these days, but Harden is taking it to the next... This is standing on your porch to argue when you probably could have this argument in the house. But (laughs) I do feel that Harden is not familiar with how the game works man like you didn't have to do anything daryl Morey asked you to do you chose to do that and Morey's the guy that gave you all that money to begin with and took a chance on you so like there's an element of turnabout is fair play here for me that i think that harden is just not used to and therefore is
3: acting out i am 1000 percent stealing that. <laughs> that this is an argument you could have inside instead of on the porch i love that that's terrific um I wonder if the pendulum isn't swinging back towards the middle. So, forever yeah. and ever and ever, it was executives and team owners and coaches decide the roster. Full stop. Mm-hmm. That's it. Then we've seen player empowerment era go all the way over here, where the players are saying, All right, let's all go over here. And, oh, by the way, this place sucks. I want out. And then they're going to new team mm-hmm. five seconds later. Still kind of like that, but we're seeing it with Damian Lillard. We're seeing it with Daryl Morey, where call. I don't want to be here. And the team's like, Too Okay, bad. okay, <laughs> yeah. fine. But we're not just moving you because you don't want to be here. Right. It has to work for me, the too. The days of the Bradley Beal deals are over. Right. And, and the days of – with Ben Simmons, for instance, specifically with Daryl Morey's like, like, I know you want, don't want to be here, and we probably don't want to have you here either, but I need to get something coming back. And mm-hmm. he ultimately turned it into James Harden. Whether that has worked out to the way he it's wanted to or not. But – that guy is obviously not just going to do it because you want him to do it. And I wonder if we're not getting back to that point where it's at least got to work for both of us for us to move you to the next place. Because I have a hard time believing James Harden's just going to not show. I do not have a hard time believing that Daryl Morial will say, I'm not moving you until I get what I want. Yeah, I think it's swinging more than backs into just the middle. I
1: think that's a move where if, listen, if an executive, if James Harden feels an executive was dishonest with him, but it wasn't exactly below board, I, That that is a cutthroat move. And I don't necessarily know that I have a problem with that. There was always this assumption that because something went into player empowerment that it was therefore going to be better or make more sense for the league, that's not necessarily the case. James, I mean, if if Maury feels that, no, this is the way I'm going to run my team, I don't really actually care if I offend somebody. Right. I'm just not going to get jerked around. Okay, we've got to accept that as a
3: reasonable fair play. Would you ever – take it on faith if your bosses and i'm not talking about anybody specifically but just the person who ultimately decides what you make and for how long said you hey just sign this and we'll fix it later would you ever ever accept that so the problem with this case is that this is clearly
1: about more than just the money i think that harden is offended that he realized that he wasn't the main piece you know, of Maury's, the apple of Maury's eye. I think that probably offends him more than the actual money does in this particular case because that guy's made a gazillion dollars. He's got more money than he ever needs or some people might say deserves from playing in the (laughs) NBA. I don't believe that. You get whatever you can get. But I do think that this is an an emotional hurt as much as it is a financial one for him. No doubt. And but to answer your question, no, I would not trust somebody with the That's, bird in bird, you know, yeah. bird in hand versus two in the book. That's one of those, you know what, let's
3: just get it done now, that, Yeah, let's just let's just write it in I mean, that I get what I ultimately you tell me I'm I'll gonna t- get.
1: I'll, I'll tell you something that I'll use in general terms. Before I moved to Los Angeles, I had signed my contract, had not been ratified, I was like, yo, what are we waiting for? Let's get this done. Sure enough. It ended up getting done much earlier than it probably would have in the normal part of the process, and it moves to Los Angeles, and then the world fell apart. So I'm glad I did it. Yeah. <laughs> Until it's done, <laughs> you know what I'm it's saying? It's not like, done. If it hadn't happened, I might not be sitting here on this microphone today.
3: Good for it. A lot of good birthdays today. Halle Berry is celebrating okay. a birthday today. All
1: right. I wonder what Halle Berry does on her birthday.
3: Goes out? You stays know, Halle, home?
1: Halle? Halle, Halle well. Has say. a piece of cake. She,
3: there, of was there heavy petting? If that's
1: what you want to call it, a piece of cake. You know what I'm saying? Sure, yeah. But, you know, she's she enjoys her pieces of cake.
3: Yeah, I, I'm a fan. You know who else? We talked a lot about him today. Happy birthday to Magic Johnson. Oh, Irvin. Right? Yeah. Love Irvin. New Commander's owner. New Commander's owner, Dodger owner, Laker legend, yeah. billionaire, uh, business, entrepreneur. Everything. Um, multi-hyphenate. Is Maybe the, multi-hyphenate. one of the most famous
0: people in Los Angeles. I, okay,
3: so- now that Vin Scully has passed, I think the the, the title torch is, has is been Magic passed. Johnson. And and before Scully's death, I think it was neck and neck for the most famous person in town. And beloved. It, and, and beloved, beloved. Yeah. yeah. not No infamy, just straight sure. love and fame. Magic and Scully were neck and neck forever, and now it's I think Magic's at the top of that pile. Am I, I missing have, somebody?
1: I would agree with that. Julio yesterday, Snoop. Yes. <laughs> Julio yesterday. <laughs> hey, got Snoop, is Snoop's up there. Interesting. I feel like Snoop's appeal is a touch more global at this yeah, point than just like Los Angeles. Local. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, not to say like, that Snoop couldn't walk around Los Angeles and not be mobbed <laughs> by right. individuals everywhere, but like.
0: But you I'm, know. I'm thinking of like what they do in Denver with the people mover at the Denver airport where Michael Malone does the voiceover. Like, hey, <laughs> right. you're, at, you're in Denver airport. Thank you for coming That to stuck the with the you, nuggets. by the way, didn't it? Yeah, because whatever. <laughs> it my head right free free. Um, but I was thinking of who would be the voice of the people mover in Los Angeles. And it's like, is it Snoop? Is it Magic? Is it LeBron? Is it whatever? Like, who would that be? Snoop
3: probably uh, snoop a, a snoop, snoop got, is that
1: he's also got the best voice yeah and he's like,
3: and yeah. it's an instantly like if you heard magic be like is that magic right you if you were assuming you wouldn't be you know is it's that snoop like, right. like that
0: snoop sure. or like i don't know um uh leo is jack in nicholas
1: Messi, or dicaprio that's me joking jack um, Nick, yeah jack, jack nicholson,
0: nicholson sorry i get jack nicholson if, if
1: jack nicholson did it Interesting. What was it sorry this is this is related bit in a site. What was the name of that the punter for the Rams who was also pretty Johnny Hecker? Yes. Hecker was doing these at like a like a couple different malls in the area years ago where like I'd walk in at
3: He He would do like the public the, address. He was
1: doing some there was some there was
3: what Did he get a bad it? roster when he was no, doing that? No,
1: <laughs> right? There was some, I was hearing a lot of Hecker's roster. voice and face in shopping malls in the area. And I was like, why? Really? He, yes, it was the strangest thing. Can't remember why that was happening. Well, when
3: was. they first came back to, to LA. He was a popular guy. Keep, keep in mind, that team had Aaron Donald and Todd Gurley on yeah. it. And Hecker was the one that was showing up most that, places. That's
1: what I'm saying. Like, it was in that era when it was like, "What? why am I hearing Hecker's voice all over this mall?
3: Peyton Manning is going to teach a class at the University of Tennessee. He will be a professor in UT's college. College of Communication and Information, and I would sign up for that.
1: They're going to have to hold that class at the basketball <laughs> arena because that's how many people are going to sign up. Trust me on that one, you know. I would sign up for that, too.
3: He He's one of the few super famous people that is omnipresent who I'm always happy to see. I'll bet
1: that my buddy, Ryan McGee is going to get a guest lecture spot. Oh, there he's you a go. Famous Tennessee grad. I'm going to have yeah. to ask him about that. Cause usually and I might have to tag along.
3: <laughs> when you get to that level of fame and you're on every commercial and yeah. you're on every broadcast it's like, oh, okay, enough buddy. Right. Not, not with Peyton Manning. No, it's he's like, Oh, cool. More Peyton Manning. He's I'm not in.
1: oversaturated the market. Uh, the Manning brothers, the Manning cast is
3: very good. It's better than other versions of that. They've tried. Tim Tebow also celebrating a birthday today and, there are other candidates, but you can put Tim Tebow on the very short list of greatest college football careers of all time, greatest college football players of all time. Not talking about no, his NFL, yeah. his baseball, little side adventure Don't or any of that.
1: started on that. That made me so mad. That guy was keeping actual players off of rosters. <laughs> that that I, I could, oh, oh, he, where is it, Joe?
3: He swung a bat like a bodybuilder. I mean, it was the worst swing of all time. It wasn't great. It was really bad. It wasn't great. Come on in, guys. Let's do a little super cross talk. Woo, woo, woo! No Mason, no Ireland, but Andy Kavanetsky, Ramona Shelburne, A.K. and Momo in the house. How are you guys feeling today? You ready, Andy?
2: Yeah. All right. Andy are you he's, ready, has Momo? Not even removed we're the shades right. from we're the top right. of the head You're just yet. Just all right. So he's yeah. still he's
1: still in flight simulator mode. <laughs> I, um, to, uh,
2: I, I just recently got off a flight. I, okay. I was, <laughs> where were you? I was in Mexico for a week. How was so it?
1: So it was really nice. I it was bet. Really good. S- standing like, what am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, No. Roars.
4: <laughs> I, like, hey, were you in Saywateneho? I was not in Saywateneho.
2: I did not see a friend carving a boat for us to both get on. But what you was were he like you were
4: like boat? off the grid.
2: I w- oh, I was off the grid. I barely checked the internet. I didn't check emails at all. I really, had,
3: by design or by practicality?
2: Uh, a little bit of both. I didn't want to, and there were. I went on the, like excursions during the day where we'd be like either snorkeling or this massive uh, aquatic park called Shell Ha. Or okay. What was winter? the most life-threatening excursion you went on? There, was there heavy petting? <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: Greg's drop
2: from earlier today. I yeah.
4: know. Do I haven't seen The focus. Winning Time, so I didn't know what you guys were talking about. Okay. I, that's all that stood out to me was that <laughs> The lot.
2: heavy petting? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, we I feel were, like
4: that's junior high. I like get. That, that was like yeah, that's exactly you know, what
1: I said to him. I said, you feel I feel like you're a middle school chaperone it's, talking It's,
3: right it's now. junior high, but it's something your grandmother yes, tells you very when you're judged, in very judgmental.
2: It, it was the next phase over from necking. <laughs> well, that which Crypto Ray brought up in the mentions. Dangerous excursions. Um the closest I guess I came from a dangerous excursion in shell Ha, like make it clear shell is not dangerous yeah at I just all meant, it's, it's, it's a know. massive uh, water park that like you can snorkel everywhere I swam with manatees fed them, it was it was really that would awesome. qualify as reasonable danger? No. Oh, hell yes. Interacting Manatee, no. Manatees no. again, again. <laughs> Anything I'm just saying that big manatees is right. In the... I, there, there is but aren't they dangerous. like five hundred pounds? They're huge. I, I mean, or more. It's impossible for them to really sit on you in the water. <laughs> I don't want to find out. See, well, I knew, I, I knew it. That's why I brought it up. But yeah. we were, we were on this lazy river that it's a massive part of the river that eventually leads into the ocean, and my wife dropped her sunglasses. And they fell to the bottom. And when you're in Shell High, like everybody has to wear life jackets, sure, like everywhere, just yeah. because it's too big of an area for them to monitor. But oh, you mean like even when you're just walking around or whatever? Well, no, <laughs> not when, when you're, you're in eating at a restaurant. They no, don't no, make you. The put restaurants, the I let you. Take
1: I'm the life would that, be, off. Uh, sir. We completely see you over here. It's like when you don't <laughs> have a sport coat. <laughs> Sorry, you know what I'm
3: saying? saying Sometimes like... you need a tie. And here they give you the life jacket as you walk so through the
2: front door. <laughs> but my wife lost her sunglasses and. We caught, I, I clocked where they were at the bottom of this one part of the lazy river. I'm like, I think I can get them. I How actually deep? think I can get them. You're gonna dive so down there. You I, went Leo DiCaprio well, in the I, beach. I, <laughs> I took off my life jacket. Whoa, oh! Whoa. Well, Rebel. It would've right. would been impossible to go down right. with the life jacket. I swam down. I came really close to grabbing them. Like I actually touched them, but could not get a good grip. Leonard DiCaprio. And as I started to swim up, I noticed that this big rock was basically curved out and over me. Oh. So I had to, like, swim outward to get to a place where I could swim up and get a breath. Then I started to try it again and immediately chickened out. Like, I was just like, <laughs> How deep are we talking? It's only about eight or nine feet. Okay. But yeah. it was the rock. Yeah, right? okay. The rock. Like, no, no the, Welcome to the rock. The rock. It, it was really just that. Like, the depth didn't bother me at all. The depth was not... I, no, eight I, or
3: nine feet is fine, but a a giant rock over your head is Right. Yeah. I mean, disconcerting. Just, the angle <laughs> yeah, the yeah. angle was <laughs>
2: super intimidating.
3: Wow. Momo, you seem you just kind of gave me a eh at the start. You good?
4: Yeah, I'm just, you know, it's been a week. Okay. <laughs> it's been a week. I've been like trapped in twenty twenty. It's, it's Monday. <laughs> yeah, no, well, it it all blended in. Like the baby got the COVID last uh, week, so I was like home and isolating with the mask and like Opa. And we, we're all fine. Everybody's fine now. He's okay, negative good. and all that good stuff. But it was like, you know, no just home stuck in 2020 with a mask in your house again. I was like, oh, I forgot this. Right. So Clinton and I were Ugh. just talking
3: about how uh, we were we were both <laughs> watching TV last night. And yeah. All of a sudden, uh, the phone starts to go crazy with the tweets yeah. about James Harden. What is it like oh in your my world God. when something like that pops I woke up like this whole morning. Off. I've been on the phone.
4: I'm yeah. like, you know, it's just... I don't know, there's 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 something to be said for... The NBA has set this up to where players really have no recourse but to choose violence at this point. Like, this mm. is... Like, mm-hmm. James doesn't want to be there. But I, I, I find it hard to have as much sympathy for him in this situation. Like, this isn't a guy who signed a four-year extension and then the team changed or something happened. Like, he picked up his player option. Right. Like, this is something you opted into. So... Whatever you want to say, like whatever happened between you and Daryl Morey, like I think what he's uh, what he's essentially doing is trying to get Daryl Morey fired. Like he already got Doc Rivers fired. Now you're trying to get Daryl Morey fired.
3: Does he
1: have that
2: kind of juice? No, not
1: at all. I was going to say, like, so. what no. are you no. even well, doing? You, look, sorry, like, you led the league in assists last
4: year. Daryl no. Morey
2: could eventually get fired. Yeah, but it's not going to be because James Harden said <laughs> no. him or me. Like the <laughs> Sixers might eventually say they did that neither. with Doc Rivers. <laughs> yeah,
4: but like that's a that's a you know I, to I, me it's I also think. Like when you do that, it's the, you know, when you say somebody is a liar, then you need to now say, what are, what did you get lied to about? And that is the really sticky question for everyone involved.
1: Because it seems to me like Maury was playing the game you play, which is like, all right, you want to get. It's like. this is this is this is what we're here to do. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
4: it's like, like all those NCAA stories. Like all, for all those years where it was it was somebody was you know oh they were they're not getting like the Johnny Manziel doc, which was amazing. You know the, the did you revol- the untold
3: one? Uh, yeah, yeah.
4: I, I haven't seen it, but I, I heard Mace talk about it, it last week. Night.
3: I watched it last night. It's terrific. It's, uh, and and the whole the idea that he yeah. was like
4: from this rich family that that was this construction to cover right. up for how much money he was getting under the table. Right. Like this all this theater that all the players had to go through to to hide the fact that they were getting money for playing football. Like, that's what we're doing in the NBA. All this theater, like, you know, look, why is why is James Harden so upset? Because he turned down money in Houston, he turned down money in Brooklyn, like, big long-term extensions. And you don't do that unless you have a pretty good feeling about getting a long-term, the same money in Philadelphia. Was
3: he misled now, or did he just misread it?
4: Right. Now, most people... Would say, okay. Do you have proof of this? If you're gonna call somebody a liar, you gotta, you better right. have proof. So now my question is: Are there text messages? Are there voicemails? Are is there just conversations? Like this is where? How far are you going to take this?
1: Right, and like and, lying and, isn't illegal either. Like you know what I mean? Also, come, get it in writing.
4: Like you, that's why the, yeah. uh, the verbal, the verbal, uh, like my senses. I don't think anyone with the Sixers would have been stupid enough to put anything in a text message Mm -hmm. or a voicemail. I think they probably... Especially
2: now that Jerry (laughs) Colangelo and Sperner are gone.
4: Uh, Yeah, I mean, Brian yeah. But, like, I don't think anybody would have done it like that, okay? Right. To anybody. And I think that probably they use phrases like, you know, you have all these people you're comfortable with, we know your value, we know how good you are. That doesn't mean they're giving you a max. Mm -hmm. And you still got to play. You still got to deliver. So, like, this is...
2: Right, this is how the game works. Like, yeah. well, the other problem is at this point, let's just say for the sake of argument, James Harden is 100% in the right. They did F him over. He's being truthful and accurate in this depiction. Okay. It doesn't matter because by now he's the boy who cried wolf. A little bit. He, yeah, he I think has that's created, fair. When you're on
1: three teams and three goes, created that's created
2: and been a part of so many messes that if even this is the rare mess that really is more other people than him, it doesn't matter because when you've been unprofessional this many times, nobody is going to believe you, much less really care.
1: But I'll bet that's also why, and I said this to Travis before you guys walked in, this clearly seems like an emotional hurt as much as a financial one because I think he thinks he got duped. Whether I think he it,
4: feels betrayed. Whether, I mean, right, that
1: That's what it is. And if the calculation for Maury was... Nobody's going to believe you, buddy. You know what I'm saying? And as how that went into it. I don't think. think, Right. Like that would be cynical, but it would also not be unfair in my personal opinion.
3: Take me through this because I don't understand. You you have a much greater understanding of this than I do. This idea of, hey, listen, sign this and we'll make it right later. Is that a common occurrence or is this. Because I I, I don't know. And we're talking about numbers. Like I would never if you're asking me to come work at a place, yeah. we're going to get everything squared away before you start working at that place. So right. yeah. I'm going to continue to explore other options. I just, I can't, as much as I might trust somebody like somebody have a a, a track record with them. When you're talking Look, about things like this, I'm going to, I made need the more same mistake word. in
4: my career once. Okay. I was doing a contract and I got sort of these sort of verbal assurances from somebody that, Oh, actually I've done this twice. <laughs> I bring it up. I was talking about this um, earlier. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, was very early in my career it was like somebody who called me and they thought i would they called me for help with like an assignment somebody else had dropped the ball on Mm -hmm. and they said oh i heard you do some really good work for us and you know we have a really quick turn here and are you able to help us out and i was like yeah sure and i didn't worry about getting paid because they had always paid me right like i never settled with how much are you going to pay me for this like I just assumed that it was going to be similar to what we had always done.
1: Right, sure. And then
4: I turned in all this work. My work appeared in print, and when it came time for like the invoice, I was like, "Well, who do I invoice about this?" And the person just totally ghosted me. Wow. And it was because they had like I had never worked specifically for that editor, and then that editor like assumed I had some kind of like deal with with somebody else. Whomever, yeah. Yeah, maybe I don't know what. I never got the story from that other, but it was like it was at a time in my career where I was like. Super. I was like living at home with my parents, sure. I had no money. But like, let's say like that two hundred dollars was a really big deal to me, and sure. I stayed up all night, you know, fixing somebody else's mistake. And I was like, okay, lesson learned. But right.
3: but you know? somebody comes to you and says, hey, I want to turn your podcast into a TV show. We'll give you this. Why don't you get started? You're like, yeah. hold on a second. <laughs> let's why yeah. don't we why don't we get some of this stuff down Put this on
4: paper? Right.
3: Yeah. That that that, yeah. that feels more like where Harden is. Where agree. he this wasn't a inexperienced young person getting started needed the job. This is I have some skin in this game too, also he's had decades-long
4: relationship with all of these people right so it's like it's if you say something to like you know the the player in the gym like they they got James to a place last year where he took quote unquote 15 million dollars less and it was framed as him taking less so that they can go and improve the team to get PJ and Daniel House and whatever okay that is the nicest possible framing that is of what that was I think the truth was probably they were never going to offer him more than that, and mm. that was just a putting. You know, he he didn't have a good year when he got there. Put a good but, right. face on it. Yeah, put a writing. good face on it. Like we'll save you some face. Like you know, people. Th- this is how you put a good spin on it. Good face. And I and I don't know if they just sold it to him like that, as you're being a good soldier and you're you're all about winning and blah 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 blah. And but the truth was he didn't play well enough to earn that. And if you look at other players in comparable times in their career. Most guys who are his age do not get a max deal. Right, right. Most Like, Al Horford is probably a good comp. The, the, the Al Horford goes back to Boston where he's had the most success, and he signs a three-year, $109 million extension. That's about what James should have got this year. And I think the Sixers were probably going to be somewhere in that range if they had even gotten to the point where they could offer him. But he was wanting assurances beforehand. They were, like, not answering his calls because that's tampering. And they had just gotten hit with, like, the largest fine in tampering right. history, in tampering fine history. And he was feeling, like, ghosted and betrayed. Like, yo, I did this for you guys last year, and now you're not even going to make it right with me this year or engage or call me back or let me know everything's going to be okay. So he picks up his player option. That was just, he just gave away all his leverage by doing that. Let me ask you. Should have waited it out. Yeah. Should have waited to see what the six, if he waits it out, now he's a free agent. Now you can get some other teams involved. Now you can have the leverage of like, oh, you're going to lose me for nothing. Yeah. It it, it was, that was the, that was the strategic mistake that James made.
2: He just recently, I'm correct about this, started having an agent, right?
4: He, okay. So let's go back in history. Um, His agent was Rob Palenka for a while. Yeah. And then Rob Palenka got the... Lakers job. Yeah. He sort of hasn't had an agent since then. Most oh, players who don't have an agent <laughs> um, go to All the players' yes. association. Wait, wait, I'll, I'll fill in some more yeah. for you. They go to the players' association, who, by the way, you pay union dues. They're you know, it's like us calling a, a union rep here for hey, what do I do about this? Right. So he calls the 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 uh, players' union, and they advised him on certain contracts, etc. He had a manager at the time. Um, his name was Lorenzo forget what his last name was but he had a manager um and then when he did the trade from houston to brooklyn he actually hired the agents at wasserman right to represent him through that trade process and i think mm. he paid them a fee um to get him traded essentially and they handled all the negotiations they handled all of that and i think you know for them they there was a fee involved but there was also this idea of like if we do a good job for this guy he'll Hire us to do his extension because sure. he's due for a giant extension. Let this lands us back in Brooklyn, where Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden were all together, seemingly happy, and the plan was for them all to sign identical extensions to keep that big three together on the same timeline for the next three to five years. And only all of them were presented with the same off with the same extension, and only Kevin Durant signed it.
2: Okay. Well, well yeah. And Kyrie's and this had, is, Kyrie's, was that a good recap? Well, it's no, great. The, the reason I ask that's about The you. reason I ask about this is because you mentioned earlier the decisions he's made in terms of contracts. He didn't opt into whatever yeah. that were widely seen as a mistake. Yeah. That maybe he would have been better advised if he would had an agent that somebody of his caliber could have gotten. But the other reason that I think this can be important is the agent is often the buffer to keep this stuff from getting You mean
3: really... from calling someone a liar on a China?
4: That no. was not that <laughs> right. that was definitely a calculated no, move. That, that was, was, calculated. was not an emotional I, move. I, I'm but I'm talking about
3: it doesn't get to that the, point.
2: No, just during the negotiations, the agent is often there to be the buffer so it doesn't become as directly yeah,
1: personal. I I do think there's something to be said for the I don't want to say lack of leadership, but for whatever his camp is doing and what is happening now, it doesn't seem like that whatever it is, positive or negative, it does not seem to have been effective. And that's something that I think is kind of obvious the at agent, this agent, I think
2: often filters. Yeah,
1: some
4: they have, of the he worst has an agent stuff. now. He has yes. an agent yeah. now.
1: It's just I I don't know. I I just also feel like I don't for all of the things that James Harden has done in his career, for all of the sort of bad looks that people have accused him of presenting, This still felt a little bit untoward. Like, it was just kind of like, really? This is what we've come to, James? This is a bit beneath you. Especially
3: the the two players involved.
1: You know, I'm just like, really? I didn't think that James Harden would still be settling beefs in public like this at this stage of his career. And I kind of – I don't want to say I feel bad for him, but, like, I I thought that something – I thought there was going to be a more becoming end to this, if you will, in terms of how yeah. he was going to leave Philly. <laughs> no, and, and it, it just James hasn't, hasn't not, even been nope, close. Not that, like, I wanted to believe that, this and is I was more wrong. becoming than I thought. it would <laughs> yeah, Okay, that's fair enough. I just guys like, mature, guys grow a little, but this didn't no. happen. No, this. and
4: I think we're, I think we're just at the beginning. Yeah, he's been like, yeah, it. that's yeah, what's yeah. so, that's like, what I mean. This was a, this was a big line in the sand, and I think Daryl has already shown that hmm. he's willing to. Endure a lot of uncomfortableness.
3: He did it with Ben Simmons. Yeah, he did. I don't think and, Ben and, ever said that, though. No, <laughs> no, no. This is, this is a new one. Super Crosstalk is brought to you by In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out. That's what a hamburger is all about. Sleeves back tomorrow. We'll see that then.